0: Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Ah, welcome to another exciting edition of Fright School uh, via the. Uh, Social distancing. <laughs> Our online social distancing uh, Our remote school. Learning.
1: Remote learning. Remote
0: online. learning. There we go. <laughs> See, I should, like, we should talk about this before, so I don't just ramble on trying to figure out what I'm trying to say. And then you go, remote learning. Perfect, Joe. <laughs> You're perfect.
1: I, uh, I look hello, like though, <laughs> if she was, like, stung by a bee 500 times. Um, oh.
0: You talk no negative me. self-talk.
1: No ne- yes. Only positive, positive self talk. I am and a lister. I ate her. I have her substance in me. Um, that was weird.
0: That's that was very Jeffrey Dahmer of you. Um, which is hot. I, I'm into it. I like it. Uh, how are you doing, Joe? Otherwise,
1: I'm hanging in there, Joshua. Hanging in there. Uh, All June right. My birthday.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: We're going to be celebrating
0: within right there where you are right now. That's going to be where your birthday party is. Exactly. You're going to be hosting it on Facebook. Watch.
1: (laughs) I was like, I'll have a Zoom meeting and I'll have like, you know, 20 friends pop in and out of this room. Um, I was thinking like, maybe I'll just spend the whole day outside. (laughs) So just like put my, uh, put my um, beach towel out, you know, hopefully it's not raining as it has been. So yeah we'll
0: see see. all right should we uh introduce our guest who's just sitting there like what the fuck is going on why are they just talking (laughs) uh today we are very we're very very excited to have uh miss eve on inspirational eve uh welcome 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 to the show
2: thanks guys this is like a dream come true yeah, Eve
0: has been, uh, you've been listening to us and inter- interacting with us, and you and Joe have known each other for a long time, and I don't know why it took so long to have you on. So this is awesome. It happened at the right time, moment.
2: Right? I mean, <laughs> i, I I've got fantastic. shit to do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so how is uh, quarantine going for everyone? What are we doing? What are we watching? Ooh.
2: Yeah, well, as I shared a little bit ago, um, I I can't believe at this age of my life, I love trash TV. Like, trashy, like 90 Day Fiance um, has been a big one for me. Um, Hot. Yeah, I I can't believe I'm going to say this also, but I watch Jersey Shore now, too.
0: Well, there we go. Classic Jersey
2: Shore? No, they have a new, like, family vacation, Jersey Shore. I never even watched the original.
0: But you can't help it.
2: I can't.
0: God, it just gets sucked in. So, ninety-day fiance. That's like where they they. I I, I don't know what that is. is that they that they meet and in ninety days they have to be engaged or they're engaged for ninety days, like right from the beginning. I don't know what's happening in that. What is the you can what's answer. the setup?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm speaking tell to you, Eve. you what Sorry, I know Joe. about fiancés, um, but uh, yeah, so it's individuals who fall in love via the web. So the quarantine, I'm sure, is going to see an influx of 90 day fiancéing. Uh, but they, <laughs> they'll they be international, like, love. So let's say that, like, you, Joshua, fall in love with Joe, who lives in the Philippines. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of you, depending on what season it's going to be. So sometimes it's 90 Day Fiance the other way, where you would go to the Philippines and be with Joe. Or some seasons, Joe gets to come to the United States. And- oh, How visas uh, work, uh, at least the the spousal visa, is once you are in that uh, country, you have ninety days to to marry that person, and so it's like this trial by fire period of wait, do we actually like love each other, or did I just like sexting with you? (laughs) Yeah, for me it'd
1: probably be sexting, but
2: you know. Oh, it's huh. juicy, guys. It's so juicy. That's and very interesting. Terrible.
0: Yeah. Isn't there, like, another new one where they're, like, it's like they're trapped in a box or something? I don't know. That's Love is Blind. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. oh, my God. I loved Love is Blind. God, look love at me. Uh, yeah, Love is Blind was great. The Circle was fantastic. I love a good sociology experiment. Hmm. Oh
1: Yes, it's so Love is Blind, Joshua, is, like, they they date, like, I think it's, like, 20 strangers or 10 strangers are dating the other half, all, you know, heterosexual couples, and they're trying to figure out if love is truly blind. So they're dating in, like, these pods, and they're not seeing each other. They can't see each other, and they can't touch. And when the only time they get to see each other is when they propose marriage. Then they go away for, like, a romantic... You know island vacation, and then have to live together for a month before the wedding, and then on the wedding day, they decide
0: if it's actually going to happen, yeah, wow, uh, and who says love is is
2: dead? <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs>
0: I do 100% agree with living together, though. Like, I never understood that in relationships, you know, or like in like traditional stuff where it's like, oh, you know, you don't, you know, until you're married, you don't sleep with the person, you don't move in with the person. I'm like, oh, no, that sounds terrible. (laughs) You know? Like yeah. you need to know, can you live together, and right? can you can you do the thing together in a, in, in a mutually enjoyable way? So that okay. should all be discovered before you're going to live spend the rest of your lives together.
2: I agree. There's so many of those little things that you idiosyncrasies that you don't realize until you're cohabitating, and so yeah. I, oh yeah. I'm a big fan of
0: that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that, like, especially with friends, because it's like you can love somebody to death and you know, you have a good time and you go out and you hang at each other's houses and it's awesome and wonderful. And you think, oh, let's live together. And then you find out who, like, who they really are. <laughs> and you're like, I, no, I can't I like live with that. you. So yeah, I don't, um, and I've just seen a lot of people go through that, you know, where it's like, oh my gosh, I made a big mistake. I'm like,
2: uh-huh, I heard that. <laughs> as,
0: um as someone who, you know, I'm not
1: living with my special man friend, but I've been at his place for like, you know, days, you know, sometimes a week, um prior to all of this because, you know, we are we are now living our Jane Austen Regency romance. Um and so I would like, I realized, like, oh shit, I must be a terror to live with because, like, I'll wash my hands and then I'll, like, you know, shake them into the sink. And then sometimes they'll, like, drip. (laughs) And I remember the first time that he mentioned that they were, like, uh, that's like, uh, he came behind me and just like subconsciously, cause he likes to keep things clean. He came and like wiped it away. And I was like, Oh shit, I guess I do do that. <laughs> let <me make> sure, <laughs> it was like, you know, I'm like, this is still his house. You know, I'm still a guest in his house. So it's like, let me make sure to, to not, uh, drip water everywhere. And he wasn't like, he wasn't, um, catty or mean about it it was just something that i noticed i was like oh i now recognize that that's something that i do and ever since then i'm just like okay let me make sure it's fully dry and you know water everywhere and (laughs) i mean that's i mean I, i can only imagine what other people who have lived with me must think uh aka what my family must think when they uh with me so
2: i was gonna say joe if that's your worst like you're doing okay dripping water
1: uh, is your worst the the worst is you know the worst is
0: for the pay-per-view let's put it that way <laughs> i you know it's just one of those things like it just depends on you know communication and and that sort of thing you know and being like honest cuz those that's easily the kind of thing that becomes a huge problem cuz you never talk about it you know but it's like later when like the the uh the fluffy time is gone you know and you're and it's more of like just that you know um but, you know, it's like when when you live us up because it's like for me, like I'm pretty organized chaos, you know, like I know where things are. I don't feel the need to keep everything like perfectly clean, and you know, um and I like I like magazines splayed out, I like Throws thrown. You know, that's what they're for. You toss them. You don't <laughs> fold them up. You toss them. You make them, you look artful, you know, um, where Jeffrey's not like that. So it's like when we're in rooms together, like, you know, or like if I'm in a room, I set you know, I'll set it up how I want, then he'll go into the room. He'll set it up how what, however makes him happy. And it should, we just operate that way. You know what I mean? It's like, he's, you know, he's always aware, like, oh, no, this is my issue. I know that you're like this. So I just make things the way I want them while I'm there. You know, and we each have our own office space that we keep how we want. You know, he sometimes comes into mind. <sighs> and,
2: <then he> <laughs>
0: and I come into his and say, You need more stuff on the walls, you know? But
2: it yeah, works. You just you it's that
0: ongoing conversation. So it doesn't exactly. become so in ten years when you and Tidy Whiteykins, you know, have a little argument and he goes, The fucking water everywhere. You
2: know. <laughs> At least I'm self
0: aware enough to know that it was a trigger. Right. So just have that conversation, you know. So how you do that in ninety days or trapped in a box, I don't know. Um uh, <laughs> to bring yeah. it back to what we were talking about. What else? What else is going on? So we got we got the lovely trash television. Uh Joe, what are you watching? You're caught up on drag race? I'm caught up on drag race Almost.
1: through all through the most recent episode. Um so I'm caught up to Snatch Game. And- okay and I'm kinda here for GG Good. I mean It
0: was pretty good. It was pretty yeah.
1: good. Plus they are really working hard to like edit out as much as possible. Um, Sherry Pie Sherry, I know They
0: took out her runway She has no Sherry Confessionals Sherry Pie Sherry Pie So she's a drag queen Who's on the show She's I mean it's really a struggle Because you watch it And you fucking love her You know she's super talented She's super funny You know she's very She's like everything you want In a drag queen She's also a Horrible uh, Predator who, like, did all this, like, catfishing. Yeah, catfishing all these guys, like, fucking, like, I mean, like, on a whole other level. Not just, like, oh, you know, sending pictures that weren't her, but, like, pretending to be somebody else, messing with their heads, telling her she was casting, or telling these people that she was casting for, like, an HBO series, making them do really weird really weird stuff um, on a whole other level of like psycho psycho psychosocial manipulation i mean really scary stuff like she's dangerous
2: whoa
0: yeah and it's like one of those things where you're watching the show and it's just it's rough because she's
2: such a sweet name
0: yeah and she's talented good and she's talented
1: on the show and you know no spoilers but like she goes far and so like the show, which is supposed to be like in this particular time of like the quarantine, is supposed to be this like respite from, um, you know, the madness of daily life. You have like the first thing before the episode even begins is like, you know, a reminder that the producers have dealt with her. Like, she will not be back and she will not do this. And, like, and it's just.
0: It's like, casting oh a pall
1: over it. Yeah. Yeah. It is a casting a severe pall over everything. Yeah. And anytime she's won, and she's, like, because she's won, like, money, they, like, put a little thing. It's, like, we've donated this money to a charity, um, so she's not getting any of it. But it's just casting this huge pall over it. and, And, you know, they're trying to do their best to not overshadow the performance of the other girls. But, like, you know, you just... You know, you it's just it digs at you and you realize like, oh, shit, this person who's really fun and talented that I'm liking on television is like a serial predator. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 in a really um, monstrous way in a very monstrous way. So it's not it's not something we enjoy. It's not something that I'm in, enjoying, like. I keep I'm keeping episodes in the bank to watch them all at once because I still want to be current on it. But I also, you know, we have all this time. We're not going anywhere. So for me it doesn't you know, other than this show and, you know, talking about it with Joshua, I'm like, you know, I I'm fine like just keeping not keeping as current too. Yeah, so they are doing that RuPaul's Celebrity Drag Race thing. You saw yeah, that. I
0: saw that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It was um, they had a commercial for it or you know a promo for it during last night's um, episode or Friday's episode. <laughs> I mean, of course, because it's Monday. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh. But okay, so to talk about real quick, the last one, um, the the episode that you saw, Snatch Game and Aiden. So. Oh my gosh. So Eve, like, you'll understand this in the sense of being a horror fan, which we'll get into. We'll talk about, you know, horror and Halloween and all of that. So she decided, so one of the queens decided to, to be Patricia Quinn. And I thought it was brilliant because I could be like Little Edie, you know, when um, Jinx Monsoon did Little Edie and kind of inter- reintroduced Grey Gardens to like a whole bunch of people who had never, you know, heard of her or, or the or the documentary or the story. And then she just epically bombed. It was so embarrassing. Like, as a horror queen, she, like, really, really embarrassed herself. I mean, down to the fact that she didn't even have a British accent or, you know, like an Irish-British accent. It was just so sad. (laughs) And she did, like, Patricia Quinn
1: as, like, because she's even like, oh, yeah, I've, like, met her and had lunch with her, like, she has actually spent meaningful time with Patricia Quinn, so when she did it, I was like, this is not how you should be performing or, like, you know, impersonating someone who you've met, because you're making them out, they're making them out to look, to be this, like, completely like, just off-the-rails character, and it was it, it was not flattering at all. No. And, and it doesn't need to be flattering, but it does need to be funny, and it was neither. Um, Damn. And she wasn't even yeah, and it's like, Oh, so you've met her, so you know that she's British. And she like completely was like, Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah, You're sure. Mom. It. Yeah. Yeah. it was just very sad
0: because I really liked Aiden. I was I was kinda hoping she was gonna be like the underdog because I always liked the kooky, spooky queens. And uh but then I was like, mm, sorry. Like, yeah, I think I think you've done you've you've embarrassed the horror community. Sorry, you gotta go. <laughs> And then Patricia like got a scathing uh, letter uh, calling Drag Race tasteless and all this stuff. Like, whew, it was it was wicked. So, I had no
2: idea this is what Drag Race was. Like, I'm I'm enthralled.
0: It's very. I, I mean, it's fun. You know, if you like queer culture,
2: <laughs>
0: and if I mean, like if you drag know.
1: queens. Yeah, drag if you culture. like queer culture, I don't know if you do. Uh, I
2: mean, I've da- <laughs> I've <I'm> dabbled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and even if you you know i mean like we've got friends you just straight guys watch it and love it i mean everybody it's it's a big you know it's, yeah we it's have a,
1: like yeah. a core of like straight men <laughs> that are just like loving this show and yeah. you know the the joke is always that like drag race is not for the gays anymore it's for like you know uh like 20 something white women and their mothers but,
2: <laughs> but like
1: what we're But what we're, what we are finding out, Joshua and I are finding out is that it's actually also for like straight white men who love horror.
2: (laughs) Who like horror and who might, you know, want to, want to explore other territories and just need an an avenue to feel safe.
1: Not for offering. Joshua knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Joe is thirsty. Look at him drinking. Yeah, that you team.
2: are. I'm like, is that half full or half empty, Joe?
1: It's <laughs> got <laughs> something in it. That's what it is. it's full <laughs> body. It's it's full, full, full bodied. It's
0: <laughs> full bodied. You want full bodied, you're gonna get full body. <laughs> oh.
2: uh, anyway, so
0: it's been an interesting season. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to you getting caught up because the, the last episode was uh Madonna, the unauthorized rusical. Which was a lot of fun. So I'm curious to see what you think. So they always do like a, rusical, a musical thing. each oh And they're live singing too, right? Yeah, they, they did uh. their... Well, they recorded, pre-recorded their lip syncs. But okay. it's their voices this time. All right. So yeah. on to other things. Um, Schitt's Creek fans
2: anybody Sh-
0: what is, is shit
1: cr- no Shit's creek no. oh okay whenever well, like eve you and i so for the same thing that you've been told for drag race i have been told for um i have been told for shit's creek like yeah. i'm like why are you not watching it i think you would love it and you i would. Have, and i watched two episodes the first, the first two episodes um of the series and i'm like okay i can see why people would think i love this uh, but I also feel that there's, it's a point, it's also a point now where like we're so, I've been so oversaturated with like Shit's Creek memes that like all I see when I watch those, these first two episodes are just like the memes and understanding the memes. <laughs>
2: yeah. And so I
1: think I need to just keep going with it and just yeah. see how it goes.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it improves the, the the longer it goes. It's one of those things, it's one of those shows where usually, because it has six seasons, they just ended, they just had the season finale. And usually shows that have six seasons kind of, you know, they, they have that peak and then they go down. But this one, it just kept going up, 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 up. You know, they just wow. kept improving each season really good storytelling. A great view of like a queer relationship that we've not really seen ever on television or in the media. You know, without all the drama and ooh, um, you know, the 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 struggle of that. You know, that we're tip- that we typically see in 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 um in fiction. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised, Joe. You definitely should watch it. I got into it. I watched it when it premiered because of uh, Catherine O'Hara. Um, Yeah, You know me. It's like I watch things because, you know.
2: Because people. She
0: loves a diva. I love a diva, and I love Catherine O'Hara. And so it's like I have to watch this. And then I just fell in love with it, and I watched it. Um, the first season, and I've or I've watched it since the beginning. So it was they just had their series finale, and it was very bittersweet. So, but nobody else watched it, so we'll move on. Dang
2: it, um, <laughs> that's
0: okay. Uh, but you, dear listener, I hope that you enjoy Shit's Creek. I, that will be I will promote that as the non horror content that you could uh, you could dive into. Um, only other thing I've been watching, I I, I restarted some True Blood. <laughs> I'm kind of just oh. jumping around watching episodes that I like, you know, mm-hmm. stories that, I, the you know, different stories.
1: Maximize your, like, you know, your shirtless Jason Stackhouse, your oh, shirtless, no. your shirtless <laughs> Sam Alcide. I'm not into any of the Oh, other. yeah, you're all about that. Yeah, you're all about Alcide. Yeah. I forgot about that. I'm all about, oh, well, actually, if I'm being truthfully honest, I'm all about Sam Rolot. That's, that's my, oh.
2: that makes sense.
0: Did you watch okay. True Blood Eve?
2: I dabbled, I dabbled a bit with True Blood, um, but I never, I never saw it through, no. You should at least watch through the fourth, the fourth
0: season, because Fiona Shaw is awesome. She comes in as a witch and is really cool. Um, She played um, like Aunt Petunia, is that her name, in Harry Potter? Yes, Aunt Petunia. Yeah. Yeah, she played her. She's also, de- she's a great actress. She's done a lot of stuff, but most people kind of know her as that woman. Um, so that's usually what I reference, but she's been a great actress on stage. And so I don't even know how I always joke that they tricked her into doing the show because <laughs> she just brings such a great, um, acting career, you know, into, into this kind of pulpy, soapy show. Um, so yeah, I recommend if you, if nothing else, watch it through season four.
2: Okay, because <laughs> that's when it her. peaks.
0: Yes. It's just the southern, southern
1: accents and like really hot like HBO type sex. That's like, true. There's whoa. some good butts. There are good butts. HBO on the show.
2: sex. Okay, There's okay. Good well, You should have led with that. A lot of ass. <laughs> <ad. laughs> I've been getting into old uh, Hammer films again. I watched The Bride oh. of, uh, Dr- the Brides of Dracula the other day. Uh, oh, cool. So yeah, I've I've kind of uprooted. Yeah, I lo- as a little girl like getting ready for school, I'd watch Hammer movies. So it's That's nice awesome. To see him again.
0: That's very cool. Is there – where are you finding them? Do you just own them or are you streaming them?
2: Uh, Netflix. um, is Yeah. And then where was the other one? Uh, So we have – I'm in Colorado, and so we have Xfinity. And, uh, yeah, there's a bunch on there. So I watched The Wolfman, the original Wolfman. Yeah. So I've never seen – I've never seen the creature of the black lagoon though. So that's going to be my next.
0: Oh, That's yeah. coming up here soon. We're going to do that on fright school. Cause I, Ooh. I'm a big fan of creature from the black lagoon. So, um, yeah. How cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to have to look those up and see if I can find some. Cause I haven't, I haven't seen a hammer film in a long time. That would be kind of fun, you know, and they're, they're they're their own thing.
2: Oh my god, they're absurd. <laughs> yeah. And then you see Peter Cushing and he's just so ridiculous. Psycho <laughs> like business suits. Uh like if, and they just knew how to dress back then. Like something my dad used to always say growing up is that capes were gonna make a comeback. And I'm still waiting to see that happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do it. You just throw on a cape and go. You know.
2: My, you, know you can lead fine. the charge. <laughs> <laughs> down.
0: (laughs) All righty. So let's let's talk a little bit more about you, Eve. Uh, You were saying earlier that you are working towards being a psychodrama therapist, which I love. You know, I work in mental health care as well, working on getting myself to that therapist licensing, one of these centuries. Um, so <laughs> what? Um, what is that? Psychodrama therapist? Yeah, is, psychodrama therapist. You know, the therapy. elevator speech.
2: <laughs> the elevator speech. And I'm still learning. So yeah. realistically, it's using theater and performance as a way of healing trauma. Uh, So what a woman, she's a, she's a psychodrama therapist. I was talking to her earlier this week. One of the things she does that is just very cool is you will take somebody through uh, their past and they'll actually like visualize it first, like as a timeline uh and then they'll perform pieces that maybe they want to work through or uh maybe they'll do like an interpretive dance for something if they can't you know speak the words out loud so they'll perform it um but one of the things i think that really gets me when i when i put myself in this position is for people who are overcoming certain traumas it'll be a group setting it's very common to have like group psychodrama therapy and you will literally take a traumatic event of your life. And in that group, everybody will play a part of that moment. So somebody may play your father and then somebody may play your mother or the antagonist of that situation. And you get to play a different role that you didn't actually experience as a way of, of working through it. Um, it's just really, really heavy, heavy, uh, but really profound work.
0: Huh. Yeah. It gives you like an outsider's view of of it. Huh. That's very interesting. You know, it kind of, I mean, it makes sense to me with the way, you know, it's like I write songs or people write scripts they write, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we're always writing from our perspective and, you know, a lot of times our trauma will seep into things, Mm -hmm. our perspectives, you know, or, or we write or we create to get clarity. You know, not everybody, but I think if you're, you know, if you're that type of artist, you know, who's digging into those spaces, um, to create, uh, it just, it sounds like a form of that, you know, um, and that, what a cool concept to actually bring that, you know, that sort of, um, play acting or like interactive, Mm -hmm. um, means to, to, to dealing with trauma. How cool.
2: Yeah. I'm super excited about it. I did a performance once um, called Body Logs with several different actresses where I had them write a part of their past about maybe something about their body they didn't love and then perform it. And oh my God, like that was such a heavy experience. Uh, And I knew it would be, but I also was very humbled to realize there's so much more that I don't understand about the brain and about behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's what made me go back to school again. So here we That's are. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, no, how cool. Yeah. Wow. And That's hey,
2: admirable to you cuz you know we meet we need more people especially mid the quarantine right now. Folks, <laughs> um as yeah. I'm sure you're seeing, uh folks are hurting.
0: Yes, uh it's very very interesting. Anxiety levels are off mm-hmm. the charts. Um and obviously people, you know, for a variety of reasons, don't necessarily want to be stuck at home. And so it's, it's creating, it's creating some very interesting situations that that I'm hoping our clients, I'm hoping that, you know, the ones that, um, well, I mean, I hope all of them are using the tools that they've picked up, you know, in the clinic and they're, you know, and are are surviving this the best they can. But um, it's definitely, it's definitely a struggle um, for, for mental health, you know, kind of being trapped or, um, you know, or sometimes, you know, we see, I'm sure you see a lot of people come in and, you know, they're, Families are not um, doing well uh, in supporting them, yes. uh, so being, the thought of them being trapped you know twenty four seven with people who uh, don't understand and, and refuse to understand you know, yeah. their situations. I, I, I'm i very, I'm very concerned about that and, and beyond not just. Yeah, the exactly. The liner, aftermath. But yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And the aftermath of all of this yes. is what is this, a very different world we're going to live in now.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. We, and, and hopefully for the better, like I raised a call, yeah. I want things to go back to normal. I do not want things to go back to normal. No, normal.
2: I love, <laughs> I love that meme. A There's a meme that said, uh, what came after the, the plague was the Renaissance. And, mm. and it was just a good reminder of like, exactly like something, this this is a very challenging time for a lot of different reasons but I am a silver lining type of gal I like me some silver and I I know goodness is going to come from this it is forcing us to look at things that we've been kind of turning our head to uh, whether that be um, from a cultural standpoint or an individual standpoint and I and I think and I believe that we will grow from this or maybe we won't. Who knows?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do hope. I hope that we have sort of laid bare the you know these issues that you know after just a week or two of, of not having a paycheck, what it's done to a lot of people. I think that we need to analyze that. We need to hold on to that. People need to remember this time and mm-hmm. um, and and think about that as we continue to uh, you know co-consciously create this world and this reality that we're in. I'm, I'm hoping people take take from this that, you know, into into the future and, um, and the radicalness that's happening, people realizing their exploitation, realizing, you know, what their, um, uh, what the, the world that they're living in is not, uh, it's not fair. It's not just. And yeah. so we need to, uh, we need to rethink things as a working class, especially. So, yes. um, but you know,
2: Rabble, re reevaluate your values. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I do want to talk a little bit or let you guys talk a little bit about how you met and Joe, you've <laughs> called, you've called Eve the Joshua before Joshua. Um, oh, yeah. to take honored. away your personhood Eve, but I'm, I'm a narcissist. So be uh, Eve after Eve. Baby.
2: Ooh, uh, we met on I'm 90 Day Fiancé. Exactly. <laughs>
0: you know,
1: I I was coming over uh, from Malaysia. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just picked a. I just picked a country. Oh, um, we're in one of those fat. seasons.
2: Yeah, we were sexting. Yeah, we we
1: loved, <laughs> We're deep into sexting. Like you know, <laughs> we're deep into it. Um, so even I met in college. Um at uh at community college and we were on the speech team together um unbeknownst to us we were also we also went to the same high school but not at the same time oh um
2: matadors
1: matadors Mount miguel um And it was it was interesting because we had that mutual connection of like also knowing and loving our theater teacher who was there at uh, Mount Miguel, who also happened to be the speech coach. And so we both joined the speech team at our community college and became like duo partners. And that was just like the beginning (laughs) of this love of a love affair to end to end all time. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, i love
1: that oh, i love it and partner. yeah we we have and, a gold medal together um we each have our own individually but then we have one that's we share that's together um yeah, at our uh the national tournament in nolens and who did um, eve was the first person to give me um an alcoholic beverage at a bar
2: <laughs>
1: uh, we were in we were in New Orleans, and it was maybe like two weeks before my uh twenty first birthday, and she was like, "Just get one, just get one," and I was like, "No, no I'm not <laughs> one." And it's like it's fine, just act like you belong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it definitely sounds like something I would say. <laughs> like you belong,
1: and so she gave, and then and because the whole point is that we wanted to like because in Louisiana you can walk down the street with like an open container so we It's like I want to I want us all have an open container when we go down and so we're walking down Bourbon Street I'm like I'm drinking my like Malibu and Coke I was
2: gonna say was it a hurricane no it was like it
1: was bad it was like a Malibu and Diet Coke because I was like (laughs) 20 and basic and didn't know any better um that was when I still drank too, and so I'm just like there, and I'm like, oh my god, I felt so bad, I felt so wrong
0: <laughs> for doing this. And
1: I was like, thank you, Eve, for opening up my eyes. <laughs> um, but the where the horror comes in is that like Eve instilled <laughs> that wasn't horrible enough. No, that the horrible and Diet Coke. <laughs> Why <laughs> does
2: it feel so good, so good to be bad?
1: Um, Eve instilled <laughs> into me um, a love of Halloween, specifically. Um mm. because um so like, you know, obviously horror is is part of that, but like specifically Halloween and dressing up and all of that stuff and um when she used to live in San Diego, she had these like huge blowout like uh Halloween parties with like prizes and a competition and <laughs> um my two memorable Halloween costumes are from Eve Parker parties where it was like I was Sarah Palin.
2: Oh I'll never forget um, that. The yarn boobies.
1: Yes, the yarn boobies. I was Sarah Palin and uh, and then when we went out to uh, the gay neighborhood to go because she wanted she was competing in a uh, costume contest at one of the bars. I was magenta. Speaking of Patricia, yes, magenta from Rocky Horror.
2: That's right. You were my French maid costume.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I had like a Whoopi Goldberg at the end of Sister Act kind of wig <laughs> going on. And you, it was beautiful. And it was very shitty makeup. Like it was awful. But you know what? Just, yeah. But I mean, like, it wasn't like a pant. You know, it wasn't my skin tone. It was just like, I was wearing white face.
2: Uh, yeah, there. you white faced it.
0: Are there pictures of this? There sure we are. definitely should send oh, they're,
2: they're put that on
0: Instagram. Okay. Are, send me are. those. pictures. Yeah, um, we're gonna share those at Fright School, dear listener. If you're not following us on Instagram, make sure you check for uh, Joe's magenta uh, pictures.
2: <laughs> oh my god, they're so good.
0: They're so good. And I, I don't doubt.
1: But you know, that's that's kind of where that love came from. And I and I credit I credit that with, like, me being open to horror movies. Because even then, I was like, okay, I'm all for Halloween and, like, dressing up, but not being scary, just, like, fun dress-up play. And then from that, you know, I was like, okay, now let me move into, you know, the hard stuff. So Eve was, like, <laughs> you know, Eve was, like, you know, doing whippets, and then <laughs> her, like,
0: crack cocaine. So... <laughs>
2: I I'm like sorry. To... This
0: is high grade heroin, my friend. Okay, <laughs> yeah, this, like... The horror we've done is, you know, this. Is, this and mine is like... was
2: Aquafina, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but from
2: Aquafina to heroin,
1: and so Eve, like like Joshua, has had a lifetime of having like scary movies and horror be a part of her childhood. So mm-hmm. if you, if you want to talk about that.
2: Yeah, you know, I was kind of going down memory lane thinking about that today, knowing that I was going to be hanging with y'all, uh, fright schooling. And I even growing up, like, we did seances. Like, that's what my mom did. And, you know, we would, uh, you know, horror, we had a Fangoria subscription before, you know, magazine Yay! subscriptions were a thing. And and yeah, it, it was so deeply ingrained in uh, our family culture that, you know, we really... Identified, and I think without even realizing it, just the profound nature of horror movies and how what it teaches us about uh, life, right? And how, I mean, speaking of drama, psychodrama therapy, like how you process what you're going on in your everyday lives, you can find so much symbolism in horror movies and what scares us. And I read a quote recently. Um, Clive Barker said that our, it was something along the lines of like our deep rooted need for love is the same as our deep rooted need to be frightened. And I, I found that to be so fascinating. What an interesting comparison.
1: Um, <laughs> it was at my first, um, Eve Parker Halloween party that I like, you know how you like Joshua, you have movies in the background at your party. So I actually was one of those people that like sat down and watched one. And it was 28 days later um with her Ooh. mom and she was like oh, wow. and she was like telling me how she's like, Oh, I believe that this could happen. And I'm like <laughs> sitting there for the first time watching twenty eight days later. And again, like it wasn't I didn't like I was, you know, taken in and out of it. So like I'd come back and be like, what the hell's going on? And I'd sit there for like 10 minutes and then come back. So um, I saw it. and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is nightmare fuel!" And then I couldn't sleep <laughs> that night because I was like oh. imagining, like, "Oh shit!" Because it was it was enough to like watch that opening sequence with the monkeys and,
2: oh, and all of that, so and good. then yeah. you know
1: as things progress later, and I was and I was like, "Oh my god!" And they're fast. No, 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 no. <laughs>
2: Yeah, right. I prefer neither the living dead type zombies. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that, Joe. I remember that there. Uh, you know, I somehow we got talking about Halloween. I'm sure it came very quickly because I I'm always talking about Halloween and horror and yeah, I remember you were, you were very much like, Oh, I'd never dressed up and I've, I've never really watched horror movies. And I was like, Whoa, life will never be the same. And
1: it it wasn't. And it, and it hasn't been the same. I'm wearing like, I'm wearing my monster mania shirt right
0: now. Um, Look at those
2: things. You're so sweet. That's adorable.
0: Halloween is, you know, it's gay Christmas. So it's just interesting, (laughs) Joe, that you didn't, you know, that that Eve here gifted you the gift of Halloween and not a gay elder. (laughs) Well, well, so this isn't. I'm
2: reincarnated. I'm reincarnated.
1: (laughs) Um, Eve, Eve actually was very kind of instrumental in in my coming out, um, because she, at the time, Uh, I, I don't think I've ever told you this, but like, she at the time was, um, very, very involved, uh, with, uh, San Diego pride. And, um, like she was one of the organizers or the organizer of the equality torch relay. Um, and she was very involved in like San Diego pride and in the gay community. So like some of the first times that I ever went out, into our local San Diego, like gay neighborhood, was with Eve to like you know two places that um, you know I just never knew, and it was also like going out with someone who was very well known. She was like a mayor. She was like the straight mayor.
2: Can say Pierre. exactly right,
1: Pierre. <to> um, <laughs> we have a lot of inside jokes, so it's gonna come in. Oh my god, a yeah, bit. but. <laughs> but like she would go and the like, people would know her and then i would be like oh my god like you know she's known and and so like i was thinking about it I'm like okay well what can i then it started being like self reflective like what what is my activism going to look like what is my um what is my place in the gay community going to be and seeing how welcoming they were with her made it feel made me feel a little bit safer about being out in those public places in general where i wasn't comfortable before um oh. So, you know, so
2: sweet. To learn. And that's so important, right? Like, that was why it, I, it's funny. There's not a lot of things that, like, I I would march for, you know? Like, I'm pretty objective, or at least I try to be. And, um, like, everybody's entitled to their opinions and their views. But human rights is just, and, and equal rights just was so near and dear to my heart. And, uh, yeah, when I would look around in a room, I'm like, why am I the only heterosexual person here? Like, this is a human issue. This isn't about sexuality. So, Rah, yeah, ah! horror ah. movies, gaze, <laughs> um, hey, um
0: Eve,
2: <sighs> tell, uh,
1: because uh, you know, I tell um, tell us a little bit about some of your like favorite uh Halloween costumes
2: <gasps> uh, I mean, that, that I've like, seen other people you, do or that, you know, I've that done. you've
1: done because Ooh. and I know that's like asking you to like you know pick one of your children, uh, yeah.
2: Oh All,
1: God. Mention
0: ones that you have photos of and then send us the pictures oh that we can share.
2: Oh my God. There's very few things I do where I don't take a picture, both for oh, the good, good and the bad. <laughs> um, tippy from the birds, like doing the birds was really fun. And Joe, you were there for that. That was a fun I one. I sure was. Um, um, I mean, plus size Barbie, you know, that was, that started my love for costume contests during Halloween was very fun. Um
1: she had like a God. box and everything.
2: Like, yeah, like I boxes.
1: loved. She you. was like, I'm plus size Barbie. So not only was she like Barbie, oh. she was like an inclusive Barbie.
2: <laughs> Zondu, cool. Zondu dressed as Mary Poppins was really fun. I did that in New York, uh, New York City. And uh <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun. Um yeah, that is tough. Um my most fun, it might be plus-size Barbie, just because she she took on many different personas. Um, and something we actually, as a family, started doing last year that uh, I will definitely be tagging uh, the lovely Fright School in is Summerween. Uh, we just can't have enough Halloween in our life and dressing Amen. up <laughs> and horror movie marathons. And so Summerween, the concept behind that is that you just come dressed as... Any type of horror movie character, uh, or anybody from the horror genre, but what they would do during summer. So, what does Jason Voorhees do during summer? What does Beetlejuice do during summer?
0: This is brilliant. I love that. <laughs> That's and awesome. is making
1: notes. Let's <laughs> yeah, <for> yeah. go, <laughs> <own laughs> Summerween.
2: So, we should, uh, we'll yeah. have
0: a Summerween episode. Summerween, bring ween you back. should. Mm. Eve, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. There's so ah! we are definitely going to have to um, have you on again because uh, I feel like there's so much more that we could dive in and talk to you about. But we've already been talking for almost 45 minutes.
2: <laughs> it feels like Just, four minutes.
0: No, it really does. <laughs> yeah. um, but but we we have to we have to uh, get to the 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 mist. Oh
2: <laughs> the horror. What, what did you call it? The gaze
0: with gaze in the mist.
2: Gaze in the mist. <laughs> you're, Is you're, it like gorillas in the mist? Exactly. We're the gaze in the mist.
1: And you know, you're
0: our you're our guide.
2: Oh yeah. my god. Yes. John uh, Trent of the group. Yes. But yeah, yeah, no,
0: that sounds awesome. So please send us those photos because I definitely want to share them with uh with people and um you know we'll share all of your other stuff because we yes. didn't even get to your quarantine confession oh, that you've been okay. doing. Where can people yeah. send information if they you know to to look that? <gasps> That? yes
2: so uh quarantine confession uh singular because oh, plural okay. was taken uh so quarantine confession at gmail dot com um i'm just trying to gather uh and Joshua, I'm sure can attest to this, you know, working in the mental health fields, there's so many people hurting right now and they're suffering in silence. And, you know, there's not a lot that I can do from my little craft room here. Uh, but I wanted to create a space where people could come and be brutally honest. It is a hundred percent anonymous. I can't even see your IP address, so I cannot see anything. Um, so I'm just asking people to come there. And when you having those quiet moments of inspiration or of fear, anxiety, depression, come to quarantine confession. Um it will uh you can send it to me um or you can go to inspirational eve um on Facebook or Instagram um and I have the link there as well um to awesome. submit your your confession. Sean.
0: Cool, and we'll we'll put all that in the show notes with links and everything for people to be able to find. Uh, I love that uh, very much, and it is good to be giving people uh, that space. So, thank you. That's really wonderful. Yeah. All right, um, well, let's take. We're going to take a real short break, and we will be back to discuss uh, the mist. Mm.
1: <laughs> I just want to apologize. Uh. I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive and very stupid and I shouldn't have put other people in danger. I'm so sorry for everything that has happened because in spite of what Joshua says, it's now all my fault. I insisted our listeners subscribe to Fright School on Apple Podcasts. I insisted they leave us reviews. I insisted that they give us a five-star rating. And it's all because of me that we're here now and we're being hunted. I love you, Mom and Dad. I am so sorry. I only wanted to make good content for our listeners. I'm so scared. (laughs) I'm going to die out here.
2: (laughs) Joshua, is that you?
0: All right. Welcome back. We are going to now do our, uh, our, 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 um, venture out into the mist. But before we do that real quick, cause I forgot to mention in the, uh, in, in the last segment, we, uh, we just had the pleasure of, um, Judging a script writing competition from Underscore Productions. They're doing a weekly script competition, you know, for writers trapped in their houses. Um, just a short script each week. Uh, they, they take submissions for a 10 to 20 page script. Uh, in PDF format, uh, that you can send underscore scripts at gmail.com. We'll link all the information below, but it was really fun. It was really cool to read, um, these independent artists, uh, scripts, seeing what ideas are out there. Uh, the future looks bright, uh, in horror if these people, um, get the opportunity to develop, uh, their, their talents. And so, um, if you love film, if you write scripts that he's doing, um, it's, um, Tristan Corrigan is uh, running it. A, each week, there's different. Uh, there's a different um, theme. So last week's was horror, which we judged, and um, you can find out more information. We'll link everything below uh, at tristancorrigan.com. But I just wanted to mention that really quickly because it was really fun and an honor to be asked to uh, to work on that. So, okay. and I read. And Joe,
1: ready? Red. Yes.
0: I got a text from Ashley that was like, "Hey, I heard your
1: episode. So you mean to tell me that you're going to read?" And I was like, "Oh, that was a read. And yes, I will be reading Red to filth. Exactly. So, you know, keep writing horror scripts. And um, yes. the two things that I love,
0: quote unquote, reading and horror. So there mm. you go. <laughs> Alrighty, so very excited today to talk about uh, The Mist, 2007 um, sci-fi horror film uh, directed by Frank Darabont, who has done other uh, Stephen King adaptations, uh, sorry, The Mist, Stephen King's The Mist, based on his uh, novella that you, that you can't see, but I'm holding up, uh, just to remind myself to talk a little bit about it. Uh, Darabont has also, he did um, The Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption. -hmm. I believe he directed both of those, um, uh, which are all which are fantastic Steve and King adaptations. uh, Which not everybody always does them well, so I think I think actually he does uh, a pretty pretty good job. Uh, So yeah, this came out in two thousand. Right, Dream Warriors. Yes, he's done some. Yeah, yeah. We talked about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three, the Dream Warriors, which we are going to do soon.
2: So cuz it's
0: my favorite um i just did, there was one of those quizzes going around you know how now we have 10,000 quizzes a day to do to help keep <laughs> yeah, exactly. each other entertained um there are all these games and stuff and that's like one of truly one of my favorite sequels of in a in a uh in a series um but uh so this is um what was I going to say? <laughs> 2007. Uh, the novel was written, or novella, was written in the 80s. Uh, so he's adapting it. I guess he had wanted to adapt it for a very long time. Just took a while to get there. Um, got a great cast. Thomas Jane, Marsha Gay Harden, Nathan Gamble, Andre Brager, Toby Jones. Who else? All these people. Um, I could just keep going on. From the Laurie Dead. Holden, Jeffrey DeMond, Melissa McBride, Juan Gabriel Perea, they're all on The Walking Dead. There's a lot of Walking Dead it cast was a lot in this, yeah. which, which
1: is Darabont, cool. Yeah, Darabont was the executive producer of the first season, so that
0: makes sense. Oh, yeah. was
2: he? Oh. Yeah.
0: All right, so the film is, uh, you know... Easy. It's about a mist that rolls into town and brings with it these uh, Lovecraftian monstrosities and people take refuge. In, well, they just happen to be in a grocery store and kind of get trapped there. And uh, this, this, these people from, you know, the townies and the out-of-townies and, uh, you know, clashing and everything that happens when fear and, you know, stuff's going on, uh, it goes down. So the monsters, you know, are they inside or outside? Uh, Joe, what did you think? I loved it. This was a very
1: good choice. I, you know, it, I think if we attempted to watch this at the beginning of the quarantine, I would probably be less enthused and a little (laughs) more anxious. Uh, But, you know, now that we're well into almost a month of us doing these shows,
0: um, I have to say that I really did love it. Um, I know I was going to send you a message because, you know, it's like I, I know during this time we've been trying to do kind of fun films. We did Mars Attacks. You know, we've done movies that are not so frightening or bleak. And then I forgot how fucking bleak this is. Oh, my God. Is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, bad. I almost texted you to, like, apologize. But then I thought, no, I'll do it on air. So, um, you know, or on, on the show. I just, well, I actually um, again, know, like, I really dark. loved it. Good, good, good. I'm glad. I was just worried, because I was like, man, I forgot. It's really dark at the end, and I just, I uh, I thought about
1: you. But anyways, go ahead. It, it, like, Well, everything leading up to the end, you know, is great. It's like this, you know, lovely creature feature. It, like, reeks of, like, that time period of film. So, like, that, like, like late 2000s pocket of, like, films and how they just kind of feel and sound and and so like that was also a nice nostalgia element um it was nice to see um uh what's his name Toby um Jones Toby Jones as someone other than like cuz he's in the marvel universe as a big villain so it was nice to see him as like you know not a not a giant asshole uh oh yeah he's like the underling he, yeah, in the yeah, butcher he's the one or something or like whatever Exactly, and so, and then also, like, who, like, did did we like forget about Thomas Jane and how? Oh
2: like, my God! He's oh no, uh,
1: Toby Jones is the supermarket's assistant manager. Yes, so and that explains Tom, You Jane. Know, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh! So it was really cool to it was really cool to kind of relive all of that and and like Marsha Gay Harden, like really, you know, oh she's perfect. So and, yes, yeah, Mrs. Carmody. Day. So. I really did enjoy it. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it just, it further, I, I, the the message for me, at least living in the time that we're living in was just like, just stay put, just don't go outside. You don't need to go outside. Just stay put. <laughs> yeah. And if you stay put, everything's going to be fine. But at the same time, you know, that commentary about humanity and that commentary about what that, like the human animal and how uh, they are, you know like they're just like you're either on this side or on this side and one side until one person decides to kill the other mm-hmm. and so you know if you're if you're living in a house with a bunch of people You know, just remember, like, you know, chill out.
2: Wait (laughs) five more minutes. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Wait five more minutes, you know. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: One thing that I've, like, this is actually, what I'm about to say is not from a horror. It's actually from one day at a time. But (laughs) one thing that I've been trying to remind myself is that, like, you know, like, don't give up before the miracle happens. Mm. Like, don't give up the race before, like, you know something amazing is going to happen. And I feel like, you know, they didn't take that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely didn't take that advice.
1: At the end. Um, But again, you know, the, when you're thinking about like this desperation end of days type stuff, like that's the stuff that you're going for. So I I, overall, you know, overall say Joe's take is that it was very good. And this is a movie that I would show people. So now I'm not, I'm cause like rarely do I come on and Do I say like, I would watch this again on the, on the show, but like my barometer now is like, would I show this to people who haven't seen it for the first time. And I think that this is definitely one of those movies that I would show to people because it's, like, the perfect amount of... It's, like, sci-fi, but it's, like... It's not, like, hard horror where there's, like, a killer and all of that suspense. And it's a lot more commentary on, like, human nature. And I think that this is a perfect film for someone like me who is not like the horror the the quote unquote horror fan this is a good way to get people interested in that and it's still like it like gives you enough gore like it gives you like you know half off torsos and like also (laughs) what I will um, what I will be outraged uh, to you Joshua is not the bleak nature of the ending but the fact that you didn't tell me that there was going to be motherfucking spiders in this movie (laughs) and so I was like, I don't know, when this all happened, I was like, God in heaven. I'm like, oh, my God. And I saw that when you start to see the people in the cocoons, I'm like, oh, my God. There's fucking spiders in here, aren't there?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so, you know, I will, like, I looked Have through. I, I just, like, you know, with my hand over my face like this a little bit.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> but,
1: but, yeah,
0: I, I thought it was a really fun film. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, good. I'm glad because it is. Um, Eve, so. um what about you? What do you think of the movie? Now you'd seen I, it before, right? Yes, I'd okay. seen it
2: before. And so when we, you know, thinking about context of what's going on right now, I'm like, God, you know, The Mist. I, I felt there was so much. And even kind of talking off, going off what you're saying, Joe, is that I would like to actually watch it again because I feel like there is so much symbolism uh, with like the religious undertone um, with this uh, Mrs. Carmody, the fact that there was that creature that came up to her and it didn't kill her, uh, and then it was shortly after that that she became this prophet of the the grocery store um, so I would love to kind of read into some of that because um, i I love Stephen King because there's so many layers to what he does um, well- and uh, yeah i love i love I love Stephen King because there's so many of those little things like the newspaper being Castle Rock times. and Oh, I just love, I love anything by King.
0: Yeah. I love the, uh, the illusions in the beginning with, um, um, Uh, David, David Drayton. He's, yeah, so they have him. He's like a movie artist, like for posters and things. So the poster he's working on is, is, uh, the dark tower. It's which is a Stephen Mm -hmm. King, like opus. He's working on like the dark tower, but in the background, you could see, um, Pan's labyrinth. You could see the thing. And so that was actually done. That work was done by, I saw his name earlier. Dang it. Um, anyways, this famous, um, artist, movie artist, they're using his work, uh, Drew Struzan, I think that's how Ooh. you say it, S-T-R-U-Z-A-N. I think he also did some artwork for The Mist as well. So it's his work with um, Pan's Labyrinth, The Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, and The Thing kind of hang in the background as as, as the fictional David's uh, work. And I just love that. I love these yes, little... Oh,
2: the ode. You
0: know, I'm a big fan of that in... Um, Movies and fiction where they, you take something and you attribute it to a character, but it's made by, you know, somebody like fame like a like songs, for instance, like, you know, some famous person will write a song, but then it's attributed to the fictional person in the, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I like that. I like that yes. device a lot. Um, so, yeah, I love all the little nods to Stephen King in, in within this. Um, yeah.
2: So good. And yeah, Yeah. Thomas Jane is adorable. And it is. It's like the perfect level of suspense and hot dad. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> i um it was neat to read uh, some of the commentary i guess they did a special there's a special edition of this one there's a black and white director's cut which i what? really want to get and watch yes i think that sounds brilliant i've never seen that never even heard of it until i was mm. you know doing research for this so i actually want to watch it that way because i have a feeling it'll make it even more like yes. um oh, but okay. He also said that he had wanted um, Thomas Jane uh, to play Rick and Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead, which I wow. think was very interesting. I'm not sure what happened there. I, I didn't go in to look to see, you know, why that didn't happen, mm. but uh, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. And then I kind of was picturing him <laughs> while watching it as as uh, as Rick. Uh, so yeah, let's get into some of the like the themes here. I like the. I, I think it really depends when you watch this movie. If you are atheist or if you're not, you know, like if you have a faith, if you have some sort of belief, I, I think you can interpret the film different ways, mm-hmm. you know, like you brought up the bug, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of like comes in and lands on her and then doesn't do anything. But, you know, she's so calm and still. And yeah. that, so when I look at that, I'm like, I'm not seeing divine intervention. I don't see any divine intervention in this movie. I, I mean, obviously with the monsters and stuff like that, but you know, that, that's something different, I think, than like God, um, you know, so when I see that part, I just read it as like, no, she's being very smart to stay very fucking still and then it flies off but of course now it it empowers her this moment to um to like lead her flock you know it's like it gives her everything she needs to 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 become this like fanatic leader you know in that moment whether it's because of god or whether it's not that's the important thing about that you know and i think a lot of times People that are like that, you know, like with religious fanaticism, you you look for, you look for the things to make your um, facts, so to speak, quote unquote facts, Mm -hmm. you know, reality. And so I just think that's a great moment where she's like, ha ha ha, yes, I am the one, people. (laughs) So, just curious about other people's interpretations
1: of that moment. Mm-hmm. You thought I was crazy Mrs. Carmody, and now I'm like, you know, I'm a prophet. All right. No <laughs> harm can is. touch me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And again, that theme of like, stay calm, wait, and allow it to pass. Like, you know, I, I, I yeah. kept feeling that of like, stay calm. You know, there, there was a lot of reaction I felt uh, going on, for, especially from uh, Thomas Jane's character, David, uh, that, you know, he was just trying to make a lot of really good decisions, but he definitely, you know, he didn't, uh, he was a little reactive, a little righteous.
0: Mhm. There's a lot of that within this within this film and I think that's what makes it scary like yeah there're big giant bugs outside and these monsters and like I said earlier they remind me a lot of like Lovecraft with the tentacles mm-hmm. and um you have this idea that that the scientists again we have that you know um d- faith versus science you know uh, uh, theme happening here because the soldiers apologize and we did this. This is our fault. So there, you know, it's hinted at. And I guess the original script had an opening sequence that that showed the scientists like working on something and they rip this oh, hole in, cool. in into another dimension and they trap something, but then it breaks free and the mist floods. And there you go. So I kind of like that. It doesn't have that we're left kind of to, to our own.
2: Yeah. We're we left think it. Yeah. And the dark about it.
0: Yeah. But you know, there's still enough in the film to know that like some government agency or whatever has wrought this on everybody. Um, but of course she's, interpreting it as, as God and the, and the wrath, you know, the, this, this final, you know, whatever Armageddon like event. Um, I think is very, I think, I think that's a a big central theme in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I I agree with you, Joshua. Like to, I, I, I was hard pressed to kind of figure out where I would be if I was in that situation. Would I be one of those like going over to Carmody or would I just be like, I would like to think that like reason would still reign the day. And you know, but at the same time, like you know, like let's take the ending into consideration. Like those people left, and they still weren't saved. You know, they didn't. They they didn't let their. They were still perished from their lack of faith, right? So right, hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lack yeah. of hope. Yeah, and so and so. Here's the thing, right? So again, spoiler alert. You know, this movie is is you know several years old, uh, over a decade. So you. You and you're listening to this, so you know what happens in the end. So, in the end, um, which by the way, I actually was spoiled already for the end, so like I uh. knew the ending of The Mist before watching uh. it. Damn it! So, I watched, I was reading a list of like, um, it was like a BuzzFeed list of like the 20 most shocking twist endings in movies. And I was just, like, I was, like, scrolling through the list a long, like, years ago of, like, okay, like, you know, this movie I've seen, I agree with that, this movie I've seen. And then some that I didn't see, and I, I remember reading the end of the list, like, reading a little bit of The Mist, and then, like, they do, like, the gif of, like, you know, like, no, like, he's he's getting, <sighs> he's losing it. So, like, I as that was happening, I was like, oh, shit, I know what's going to happen. And that, like, that didn't spoil it. Too much for me, but it was just like it. It when it finally happened, it was like, Oh, god, I knew that was happening and it was awful. But again, so like you know, at the end of the mist, they basically make the decision to like euthanize everybody, or the decision is that you know, there's what is it five bullets?
2: There's, there's f- he has four, four bullets, and there's five, five of them, yeah.
1: four and five of them. So he, I guess, says that he's going to live, right? And so he shoots everybody. Well, he's gonna wander out to the mist and be taken by whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so then when he does that, like right when he leaves the car and, and like the military comes in and he sees like the survivors he saw sees Carol. <laughs> right
2: yes, I know. It, I'm yeah. like ah.
0: Yeah, and then because you know, at the end really, like... she had that she had like the duty versus fear. You know, she yeah. she was like, "I'm a mother. I have to get to my kids. Whatever's out there, I have to try." And she's quote unquote rewarded, you know, mm-hmm. within the story. Yeah, for for being duty
1: bound to to her children, and also being the person who is like looking at everybody, like, well, is no one going to come with me? Well, fuck all y'all, I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so and so when that happens, like that's like, and and that was just such. It was so seeing now the full film leading up to that and everything that happens with Carmody. It's just one of those things where I'm like, ooh, is the is the message like you know this ultimate lack, like your lack of hope, that that hopelessness, that lack of faith. Um, when, when you succumb to it, you actually are not like, do you know what I mean? Like when you're, when you succumb to it, that's actually worse than if you were to just try to endure. Mm. And instead of like, just waiting in the car or like thinking about what was going to happen next, it's like, you were like, okay, well, you know, it's hopeless. We're all going to die. Let's all take the easy way out. Um, And, and there you go. So I thought that was, that was something that was so strange. And I literally finished it, not like 10 minutes before we jumped on, uh, jumped on. (laughs) That's
2: Uh, amazing.
1: "Ah!" So, you know, in that time of like, you know, going to get my, make my tea, I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's like, that's kind of what I took from it is that like you, so in the Incarmity was like, you know, without being too, uh, without going too fundamentalist too overzealous, like she her her like base message of like have faith like does end up winning the day well I mean it didn't
2: yeah died, not but, her but yeah
1: not her but yeah so I don't know I'm I'm just posing that to the group what do you what do y'all think about that
2: yeah I mean I find that an interesting concept because even like I wonder if the attorney because that was something that me and my honey were talking about I'm like we were, we were talking about hope and we were talking about, you know, those who actually stood for something and and sought it out. Um, you know, there, there's a few examples of those people being rewarded. But, like, the attorney, he was very hell-bent. Uh, he didn't believe them and he left. Um, I mean, I, I assumed he died, but... I, I, I thought
1: he was in the pharmacy. Um, I didn't realize that because that it was... When he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he's I, then I saw that it was the military police guy. Yes,
2: the MP. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah. like,
1: I was like, okay. Uh, but I thought that was, I was like, ooh, is that how he's going to do it? Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because you're, you, the people who are the most strong willed like, they, for whatever reason, like, they, they're advancing themselves, right? So yeah. whether it's Andrew Brower's character,
0: the attorney that's leaving, or... Yeah, Brent Norton. Sorry, I wanted to... Yeah. I was just looking up what his name yes. was. Yeah, because they have the whole interaction at the beginning where they obviously don't trust each other because they're yeah. neighbors, David and, and Brent. His, his tree falls on the car, the whole thing. They've had it. There's a history there of uh, mistrust and um, animosity. Sorry, just to throw that in there.
1: Um, and it was it was also interesting because like you know I I read that to Joshua about like the how they wanted to do it in black and white so that way it would um, basically be this homage to the the, the Night of the Living Dead, uh, um, totally. But like if so, if you did it in black and white, and you have like Andre Brower coming out as like you know I'm the boss up here, basically <laughs> you the boss down there, <laughs> um, and and what that kind of says about. This, i The idea of, like, this black man, I mean, like, you know, let's get into the racial politics of it all. This black man who has, like, this authority who's trying to be this leader. And then what he perceives as, like, people making fun of him or people taking... Like, he can't even comprehend that that's what's happening. Like, he... He just sees it as people threatened by the fact that he's, you know... You mean the monsters. He can't imagine that the monsters are real. Mm -hmm. Exactly. He can't imagine that the monsters are real. Like To him, the monsters are the white peckerwoods that are trying to tell him that, you know, he's... That, you know, that what's going on. And so it's interesting because, like, you you really, in times of crisis, and, you know, I think we can all say that because of what we're experiencing, what you... You, it really kind of boils you down to your essence about what matters and then how, and what you perceive as like being important to protect. So like with him, it's, you know, he's still thinking like there's going to be like a justice system and like, he'll be able to sue everybody. And that was the funny yeah. thing. I started laughing because I'm like, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to go to prison. And I'm like, uh, I mean that's that's great and all, but like you know, people be dying out here. So yeah, I don't know.
2: right. You can't even We're, get to the pharmacy. You yeah, you can't even
0: get outside. You know, people be cutting half. Um, but yeah, yeah. That well, that was something I was gonna say earlier. I don't. I I I was gonna say this earlier than I got off track talking about something else and realized I didn't make any sense. Uh, my whole point was about the monsters outside and you know you have those very real threats. But really, the film again. And the original story is about, you know, the monsters on the inside that, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's the monsters on Maple Street, you know, which I think was a Twilight Zone episode and a, and like a, it, yeah. a, a short, a short story. Um, Lord of the Flies, Dawn yeah. of the Dead, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Those are all those are all good. That That's sort of what's happening. Definitely Lord of the Flies. I really feel a lot of Lord of oh, the but Flies. Yeah, it's
2: this. a lot of that.
0: You know, where because it's that, um, although in that case, it is imagined monsters. It is, you know, that the, their minds are playing tricks on them as they, you know, kind of devolve. Um, whereas this, you know, it is, it's, it's what happens and we're seeing it now, I think to bring into why this film is still relevant. Um, I was reading, I was reading an article, <laughs> imagine that outside source, <laughs> why the mist is still one of the ballsiest, most relevant movies of the 21st century. I'm not sure I agree exactly with that title, but Hey, that little clickbait
2: Clickbait. But
0: in it, they had, um, when was in, it written? uh, this was written 2017. So a few years okay, ago. Okay. So ten years. Um,
1: So it's a ten-year article. Homage. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: Basically, looking at it ten years later. So, in Darabont's own words, he was quote in something of a mean mood uh, when he wrote the film. Um, Blah blah blah. He said by um, he he had been working on it for over a decade, and by the time it finally came together, America was in the thick of Bush-era political discord, and Darabont was quote. Pissed off at the world Uh, The result is a film that's equal parts Delightful B-movie, monster horror Inspired, blah 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 uh, And a wounded, quote, wounded Angry cry, inspired by the Strife and enmity that dominated The discourse of that era And it's so, you know What goes around, or not What goes around comes around, but history repeats We don't, you know, we don't learn, so here we are again In this time, where the enemy Is this Virus. The enemy is this sickness and uh, the failed system that that we that we have created that is not properly uh, taking care of people. You know, um, as this pandemic has shown, all the different ways that 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 our society is not working for the weakest among us. Um, but instead, we have these. Idiots, these, you know, beating up Chinese people and blowing up, you know, breaking in and, and vandalizing Chinese owned properties and all of this thing. It's, you know, again, it's, it's the wrong thing, but it, and it comes, it's top down. When you go on television and you continuously say this Chinese virus, you are coding it to these weak minded idiots, you know, to go out and, and hurt, you know, Asian American people. Regardless of where they're from, because they don't make, you know, they're racist morons. They don't make any, you know, they shouldn't be attacking people in general, but it doesn't matter. They see somebody, they go, hey, you kind of look vaguely Asian. I'm going to beat you up because you're responsible for, you know, this real enemy. Or, you know, the immigration thing, we're blaming the wrong people. Everything. All the ways that we blame, we blame the symptoms of of, 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 of a failure.
2: Yeah. and. Yeah.
0: And so I just think that this movie is so relevant watching it again I was just like oh I was just shaking with anger thinking about all this violence that's being perpetrated when we should be trying to stay calm and stay healthy and and be focused on on how we can improve healthcare so 200,000 people don't have to die you know, as they're deeming this will be a success. If 200,000 people that somebody loves intently, that somebody birthed, that somebody is the brother or sister of, that somebody is the spouse of, um, are going to die, and we're going to consider that a success, that's the enemy. That's, that's the thought that we should be fighting against. And so I think that it's so relevant here.
2: It is. And I I, I love what you're saying right there, that there is this, Monster that is happening and and in this context for right now, it is this virus, and then yet we still have to create yet another monster even within it and and I felt that that it, you're right in the mist, you saw that that there's the monster outside, and rather than binding together and and working through that attack, they then had to create yet another monster, and they had to yet have this other fight um and and divide each other and it's it's just fascinating to witness both in both in film and in real life right now that just how certainty driven we all are as a species Mm. like not having certainty is what is driving literally people crazy absolutely and we saw that with thomas
1: Oh yeah, I I I have to say yeah. that that's one of the reasons why I have like that that's one of the ways I'm trying to manage my anxiety too is like the idea of this uncertainty and so mm-hmm. and so you know doing recognizing that that's where a lot of my stuff is stemming from trying to create you know ways to counteract that. But again, like, you know, it's it's interesting cuz like I see people post things about like how they're, you know, they're just surprised that they haven't killed their, their significant other or their family or whatever. And in my mind, I'm just like, you know, I'm like, I'm, we're doing actually in my house, like we're doing really well. Uh, because, you know, we spend time when we spend time when we need to spend time, mm-hmm. we go into other rooms, when we need to go into rooms, like, you know, everyone is, we're all being very considerate of the fact, like, even within this own house that like, we're, we all have like our own personhood and everything, but we're, being like respectful and so like even when people play it up for jokes like that like oh my god i can't believe i've been killed them or oh my god i'm going to need a divorce lawyer for this it just is like why would you why would you go there in the negative like you you should be you should be quite frankly really lucky that you're like not someone who is like having to be sheltered in an unsafe environment um, or like just completely and utterly alone. Like you're you're just, you know, completely and there's no one there. And so like, even like, and I know people like they deal with, they're dealing with it in their different ways. Maybe the joke is how they, you know, they're getting through it. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't, I want to hold space for that too, because, you know, everyone has different copings. But like, for me, when I see that, I'm just like, I am so grateful to have this time, you know, to spend with my family and, you know, grateful for things like this, where, you know, I, I know that like, you know, every week we're going to record an episode with somebody and we're going to do, and even though it's not like, it's, it's become a part of like my weekly routine and things that I look forward to. Um, So there's that certainty, but like, you know, still also being really uh, conscious of the fact that we don't know day to day what's going to happen.
2: No. And this concept that so many people, um, what's been really affecting me is that people are are trapped in their homes with a predator, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's that's something where it's like I've turned to then horror to look at it. Like, okay, this is how I, you know, it's it's fun to see a fictional rendition of that. But then when I think of it, like. What will come outside of this from uh, an abuse standpoint, um, from a mental health standpoint, so that literally we have people, like you're saying, who are like, oh, I think I'm going to kill my family. But there are literally people in our world who are trapped at home with a predator.
1: With someone who like will... Yeah actually kill them
2: yes or assault them uh in any different form
1: Um, well like you know think about the young like queer kids who are now who like you know probably came out while they were at college and now are being told that they have to go home to a Mm -hmm. house that maybe they don't feel safe in but it's the only place that they have to go and Mm -hmm. they can't be themselves you know like that's that in and of itself is also just like, and, and then, you know, maybe they're not threatened with violence outright, but like maybe they just are not out and they're not ready to have that kind of like emergency conversation with their family. And what does that mean?
0: Well, the uh, depersonalization too, you know, that kind of yeah. happens, you know, cause when you're at, like, I think like with, all, you know, clients and stuff that we have come in where like they're validated, even if they're, you know, really ill and you know are are struggling with reality. You know we we we're still here to validate that for them and to help them work through it. Whereas they might be with family. You know we have we have clients that come in who you know we've seen it. You know where the parent goes, just stop doing it. If you would just stop doing this, you know if you would just stop thinking this way, then everything would be fine. It's like. <sighs> So to think that some of our clients are kind of trapped in that sort of situation, you know, or, or like the dehumanizing that can happen, you know, the erasure of self that can happen in the presence of, of certain family members when you're like, I'm just not going to talk about this part of myself or I can't talk about this part of myself. You know, they're, they're kind of trapped with that. And that is, again, a, a, another really relevant theme within, mm-hmm. you know, the, this film that we're talking about in, 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 in this time. You know, so I, um, I love this. I love this show (laughs) to to have these kind of conversations about a monster movie, you know, at the end of the day.
2: (laughs) And can I just say that in my heart, Ollie was the MVP of this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love Ollie. Yeah.
1: He, he didn't deserve to go out the way that he did, but again, like that's, I can see why narratively they did that to him, Mm -hmm. but. Oh yeah, he definitely was. Plus, he like he, he he gave me the vibe of like okay, the older like bag checker at the grocery store. He got stories. Like
2: he did. He was so underestimated. He's like Ollie. I remember the Like the manager was uh was so doubting. I'll get of names it. and, and then, notes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Like, when he was all
2: like, guy. he was like,
1: "Are you drinking?" and to write you up. And I'm like, you know what, fuck you. When he said fuck you, I was like, yes. I was
2: like Ollie. Yeah, I have like, yeah.
1: tell you why I'm drinking. You want to drink too, bitch.
0: <laughs> Let's go in the back. And yeah, I love that was- too. Sorry, Eve, you were gonna say say something. Oh,
2: I was just gonna say, yeah, he was just gangster. Like the fact that he was like a nineteen ninety four state champion uh
0: <laughs> shooter.
1: <laughs> shooter, yeah. yeah. He like double tapped her. He like shot her in the chest and then in the head. I was
0: like, boom, dang! Boom.
1: He like zombie
0: apocalypse that lady. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's something really interesting that that again uh, that I hope that there's a consciousness shift around you know because obviously for the last few years you know sort of this uh conversation about low wage workers you know what they deserve and don't deserve um what they what they should um okay. Right. What they, you know, and so right now we're finding out that all these people, like all of a sudden it's all these heroes that are going to the grocery store and working every day that are, that are on the front lines of this, that are doing, you know, quote unquote front lines. I really hate that. I was just doing a whole talk at work about, I do not like to use war and, um, you know, it, it's so ingrained in American culture to, you know, we're soldiers in a war against what? Oh, yeah, no, we're, exactly. you know, but,
2: we're, we're teaching that mainstream consciousness by yeah. using terms like that.
0: Yeah. So I, I hate using that term, but it is what people say, but the people who are in the thick of this, again, that's another one of those terms, but you know, that are just that, that are working very, very hard on all fronts to try to keep some semblance of sanity. And there are these people who we don't think deserve, they deserve poverty because of all these different reasons. And now we're seeing that they're a and that—that's kind of reflected. I'm not sure if that's a Darabont thing, um, or if you know. Again, I haven't read the novella this is based on in a while, so I can't remember if Ollie's like similar in 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 the in the text. But um, it's like Glenn in The Walking Dead, you know, mm-hmm. who's like a pizza delivery boy, and all of a sudden, his knowledge of the streets, his knowledge of the city becomes very, very important to these people. And he's just, you know, he's just a pizza guy, quote unquote, you know, and, but, but he has such an important role to play in that, in that, in that early, those early episodes of his knowledge. And here it's kind of the same thing where Ollie, yeah, he's this lowly quote unquote, it's, he's treated that way as this like mm-hmm. assistant manager uh character who's, you know, berated by the other, the other guy. Um, again, another, another echo of like the the norm of of how even within when things are normal the the concepts of this film still play out you know every day yeah. that the 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 um the domestic terrorism that happens every day in power dynamics um relationships but he's he's important you know and he serves a very important function of eradicating Carmody and this like insane fanaticism. I mean, they want to throw this little boy outside and, and, and the teacher to, as a sacrifice. I mean, it just things go so quickly down, you know, within not even two days. I think, um, um, what's her name? Is it, uh, Amanda, Lori Holden's character, Amanda's oh, yes. like, it hasn't even been a whole two days and we're already like sacrificing people. <laughs> we're already at this like insane level. Um, and, oh, and I just, and, I love yeah. that.
1: Yeah. And when, when she said, uh, we want the boy, I was like,
2: ah! Oh my God. I know. I almost came unglued.
1: I was like, Oh my oh. God. And and again, it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like absolute power, right. Corrupts. Absolutely. So the moment, mm-hmm. it, the power in the hands of someone who is unstable, um, yeah. it, and like people are following them because they perceive them to be like, you know, people gravitate towards, towards that. Um, it's so it, it's so interesting that you brought that up, Joshua. Because now that takes that takes it to a whole other level. Where like this guy who is like a grocery store assistant manager, who at the beginning of the film, I think he was actually I said he was a bag checker because he was like putting things in people's bags. Um, at uh, when they when all of it started to happen, like he is ends up being one of like the heroes of this. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, like that's you know. <laughs> that is if that's nothing then if that's not something i i i uh, i don't know what is especially with given everything that's happening with like you know the our grocery store workers that are mm-hmm. out there you know still going out there and serving the
0: public um and they're getting sick and dying you know we're yeah. losing a lot of these quote unquote essential workers um, here expendable. That's what I sometimes, you know, I've been saying in all of this when we're having these conversations, it's like, you know, no, we we need to rethink, you know, this, yeah. this whole thought process of who, who, of who's relevant, of who matters. And, and it's something that we've always known people who do working class politics, who do labor politics, we know who the real machine is. And if we, if we united more and shut shit down, you know, and, and really flexed our power. We have a lot of it, uh, but fear, that, you know, again, what what's happening here um, prevents us from, from, from exercising the political will that we really have. And we're seeing that now, that there, we have the ability to take care of people. We have the ability to do everything that um, that we all should have. We just, mm-hmm. you know, we, for some reason, don't have the guts to tell billionaires to pay their fair share. You know, we could all have, we could all have it all. Yeah. I really believe that. We really could. So hopefully that's something I just, I I hope that more of my friends are radicalized and people listening to this, you know, (laughs) you have power.
2: (laughs) You do have have power. power. And it's interesting to see how... I was I was on a call yesterday with a therapist in Vale which for those who know about Vail, it's very affluent uh you know you, you don't really have a a poverty uh, population in a place like Vale and she was talking about how there are million dollar homes and these millionaires that live there who are now unemployed and who have lost businesses and so it's just fascinating to watch this like for lack of a better term, like the, the playing field has been leveled and we've all been kind of forced to be finally, whether people allow themselves to see it or not on the same level. And, and I found that interesting. Also that comparison in the midst of, you know, here, here are these people, there's a lawyer, there's the grocery store clerk, there's the, you know, the, the artist. You're all on the same playing field. Mm -hmm.
1: The townies versus the out-of-towners, right? Yes. The people who Mm -hmm. who deign to be there because they're vacation people and the people who, like, actually live and work in the town. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was also an interesting uh, interesting dynamic because you have, um, like, for whatever reason, it's like you discount the people who are, oh, they're not of our place. Like, they don't. They don't live here, and even when um Jessup is about to be sacrificed, he's like, "I'm one of you. I'm a townie. Like I'm, I'm from here," and and they still turn on him uh, because, again, because it's again fundamentally that fear of uh, the unknown, fear of outsiders, mm-hmm. because yeah. he was in the military.
2: We're yeah. all human beings, remember, Joe. Yes, we're all human beings. <laughs> Oh,
0: yeah, it's that idea. Um, Judith Butler, um, who I love, uh, she's a theoretical writer, um, a lot of times with gender and 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 LGBTQIA plus issues, uh, did kind of a debunking of the idea of, um, you know, when people say all lives matter, what do they really mean? Because fundamentally, like, because it, it messes with you um, morally, because you go, well, yeah, all lives matter. But like, but in practicality, it's clearly not true. You yeah. know that all lives matter because if all lives matter, then we would treat all lives equally, and we do not. We we absolutely um, hi- have a hierarchy of who matters and who doesn't. And I think that that's this this again is a reflection of that of what happens when you have all that fear and this um, this common enemy that's that is able to so deftly tear everyone apart. You know, do we hold on to? What is fundamentally true in human nature? Because I don't even with my misanthropy and my cynicism, I do think that fundamentally we are creatures of um of community. We need each other, we mm-hmm. have to have each other, we cannot survive, we need to touch each other, we need to see and speak and and, and um I exist because you exist. You know, if I was the only human in the world, it wouldn't matter. You know, because it would just—I would be a solo entity unto myself. So we need each other. Our young cannot survive without us. You can't just throw a baby human into the wild and it will go about it. it we need each other. It's—it's it's, it's built into our biology that we are our best when we work together you know mm-hmm. when we are when we are a village that cares for each individual as an equal regardless of status regardless of uh, of of this hierarchical bullshit that we build up and so i think i feel like at the end um stephen king the the book is much ends on a on it's a little it's hopeful. It's mm. a little more. Um, that is not the ending that Stephen King wrote. Surprisingly, it sounds like it would be, but it's not. Yeah. Frank changed it. In the end, they drive off and they have hope that they that they will find something or they will figure it out as they go along. So everybody lives and and they and they drive uh, they drive on. Um, and so the book is a little bit more hopeful in that way. And the film, because I think of the era it was in, there's just a lot of you know it's a lot more cynical that when we abandon you know, abandon all hope, um, then you can't, you can't have, you can't have peace and happiness and all of that. If you, if you don't try, you know, if you don't, Mm -hmm. um, hope for it. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a good, um, a good lesson in everything that we, that we, that we're going through now and that we will continue to go through. Um, and we've seen, we've seen our history, how it fails when we, when we turn on each other and we lose, um, when we lose our, our, when we forget that we are incredible communal animals that need each other, social animals. (laughs) Ha ha. (laughs) Yes. And that fundamentally we all want the same thing to love, be loved and to take care of, um, of the people that we, we love. So.
2: Yes. My favorite quote of all time uh really reigns true right now. And and I don't know who said it. I, so I always give unknown, but it's when you get to the end of all that, you know, faith is knowing one of two things will happen. Either a path will unfold before you or you will learn to fly. And I really feel that's where we are. So replace faith with hope. Um mm-hmm. If you. If you feel, but yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic about all this. I believe that the military is coming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Help is coming. Help is coming. Help's
2: on the way guys. It just Helping,
0: made... yes, in some form. It's
2: just not coming via prime this time. It's going <laughs> to be here in three weeks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> let us, let us hope. Um...
2: <laughs> all righty.
0: Well, this was very fun. And you know, this, um, this film again we uh i can't remember well i have it on dvd so i'm not sure how you all found it did you rent it or
2: amazon ooh,
0: ooh. I, I streamed it as well okay it was did you find it free anywhere
1: i couldn't find it free no. but they, okay. i, I they, just wanted to know i felt like the rental was the best
0: on prime Same. okay Okay. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to make sure so we could t- tip people off if we found it uh, for free and well, not for you know what I mean. If it's on Netflix or if it's on Amazon yeah, Prime, if it's like something included already. So, I this is a film that I would buy though to put in my yeah.
2: library. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about, uh, digging and finding the, uh, collector's edition. Cause I really want, I'd like to get it on Blu-ray and I would love to get that black and white yes! uh, version. Insane. Uh, cause I'm very curious how it changes it. Cause like they did a few years ago, they did that, uh, Logan film, uh, the Wolverine movie, mm-hmm. Logan, yeah. and they released a black and white version of it that was so good. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, just tonally shifted, um, in a really profound way. And I think the same would be true for this. So, all right, Eve. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Fright yes. School. How fun.
0: And again, inspirational Eve. We will uh, we will plug all of your things in the in the notes. So check those out, dear listener. Um, along with, you know, all the other things that we talked about, the script writing contest. And uh, yeah, Joe. I miss having you in the West Craven Memorial Library, but uh,
1: I miss I miss it as well, too. I have to say that. You know, it's not the same doing it in um, doing it in my bedroom. Um, <laughs> virtually, it's it's also just strange because like you're re- you're not recording. I can see you, but you're not recording in the library, you're recording in the other office,, yeah. so like, it's strange to me to see you talk about things when you're not like surrounded by, <laughs> by, uh, horror. by horror and by everything so i'm yeah. just like, I'm just looking at you and I'm just like, oh my God, like this is kind of weirding me out a little bit. <laughs>
2: And I'm having the opposite effect because I don't, uh, you know, this has been kind of neat to feel like I can go to social hours with people who are thousands of miles away. So for me, I'm like, look at your faces. You're (laughs) so cute.
1: You can finally see the faces that you hear when you're
0: like listening and everything and yeah so how cool well we'll definitely have you you, yes definitely i will be back Uh, because this was this was a lot of fun and now that we know we can do this we've learned as we've as we've gone along that you know although we prefer to be together in the same room it's nice that we have this option and uh i hope you dear listener are exercising that option as well you know doing online happy hours checking out artists who are doing shows uh or just facetiming with the people you love uh Find that, find that, you know, we're physically distancing, but we're not socially, truly socially distancing. So um, reach out, um, connect. All right. And uh, you've got time. So like, rate, subscribe, review, all of that at Fright School. <laughs> Tell everybody you love us. Spread us to all of your friends like, uh, like the COVID you don't want to. We're, we're the good disease. <laughs> Spread that. Spread it. <laughs> Spread <laughs> it around. We're the good disease. I like that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, good night.
1: Good night.
2: Bye.
1: Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. <laughs>